You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Honest AF Show with me, Daniela Clark. And me, Barbara Ann Wild. Hello, Miss Barbara Ann Wild. Hello, Daniela. How are you today? I am good. I am getting ready to go away this uh, coming weekend. This last weekend, Gilby was away for a motorcycle trip with the boys. And then next weekend, which is coming up for us, I'm going on a motorcycle trip with him, so it's uh, the wives' turns to go. So, oh, that's fun. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. Um, we're doing a little uh, camp out, which is normally not my vibe. Yeah, but, me either, uh, unless it's glamping. <laughs> but it is, it's kind of glamping, but not really, but we got a cabin. So oh, well, that, that, that changes things. Yes, exactly. As long as there's like a shower and a comfortable bed, I'm good to go. Yeah, me too. Definitely wow. need a, a shower at minimum. I prefer a bathtub, but you know you can't always find those outdoors. Exactly. So I'm excited about that. I think it'll be fun. We're gonna. Um, it's kind of like a version of Burning Man. <laughs> it's called Burning Eagle. So oh, it's like interesting. Darker version, I guess. But we'll we'll see what it's all about. I don't know. I think I I might have just made that up myself. So. <laughs> like but uh, but I'm excited for it. I think it'll be fun. So today we're recording remotely because we actually have a guest with us today. Yay, um, yes we do. Yes, very exciting. Her name is Talia Schwartz. Welcome, Talia. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Hi, Talia. Hi, thanks for having me. We're happy to have you. Talia, tell us a little bit what, uh, about your company, Soleil Rose. So Soleil Rose was started in 2000 and officially we launched in 2020. Um, It was meant to be a way for women after breast cancer to find their own symmetry for their breasts. Um, A lot of women after breast cancer experience breast asymmetry. And that was sort of the initial uh, reason for my deciding to create this company because I was left with breast asymmetry after um, all my surgeries from breast cancer. But it's now kind of evolved into more than just for breast asymmetry. A lot of women who experience, you know, any kind of need for support, if they have, you know, large breasts that need extra support, or we've even had some um, people who are transitioning who want to create breasts for themselves. So it's evolved into a little more than just breast asymmetry. But, you know, I think for the majority of women who find us, it is because they have uneven breasts for whatever reason. Don't most women though? I mean, I know I do. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like 80% of women have uneven breasts naturally. Um, Yeah. Um, And then you compound that with, you know, breast surgeries and nursing and injury, trauma, whatever it is. And a lot of women, I think, you know, I, it's something that I had never spoken about with women because 
I guess I didn't really notice it. Maybe after nursing my kids, I felt like, oh, my left side's a little, you know, saggier than the right side. But it wasn't really something that was on my mind. Um, so I never really talked about it with women. But now through Silly Rose, it's kind of become a platform for women reaching out to me. I get so many women reach out to me and say, you know, I my daughter was born with this condition. One of her breasts is larger than the other or you know, I, I never go to the beach because I'm so embarrassed of my breasts and how different they are. So, you know, it sort of opened this gate for women to talk about something that we all experience and really never talk about. What is it in the swimsuits that you've developed that help balance the symmetry? Yes. So our swimsuits, both the bikini top and the one piece, have um, something unique to us, which is a dual pocketing system. So, you know, I'm sure many of the swimsuits that you bought have that kind of generic little line that you could put in like a flat, you know, they, they sometimes come with those very soft right. inserts. So, you know, we have found that for women who have breast cancer, um, having, you know, just putting in that having that just that one slot does not allow for a prosthetic or a larger insert. So we developed a system we call the dual pocketing system. And basically it is a center pocket, but then there's a side pocket as well. And this allows for multiple inserts to be used at once. And um, each swimsuit comes with three pairs of curated inserts. And so- yeah, and so it sort of allows you to customize because even even with that dual pocketing system, you know, like how do I use this? What do I put in where? You know, what do you, what do you suggest? So we sort of kind of mapped it out for our clients, and um, it comes with one that can fit really well and nicely into the side pocket, and then the other two can either be put into the center pocket, worn together or separately. It really just allows, I think that was sort of the takeaway from what we initially thought, oh, you know, this will, this one can go here and these two can go in the center. And we thought, oh, that's a perfect solution. But we did find that many women are using one on one side, two on the other side. It really allows for a customized experience, which I think is what we all need when it comes to our breasts. Um, and then the other, uh, I, the other technical design aspect is the, the straps have a hidden adjuster. So I am very, well, I was, this is what led to the design was that I am very aware of when straps either like on a dress that has adjustable straps. I'm always aware of the difference between the, the sides. So when they're like, if one's lower than the other, I always right. notice and so, you know, I think a lot about having breast asymmetry is wanting to, you know, not have it be something that everyone notices. And we thought, okay, well, what better way to have those adjusters, but with a solid strap over them so that you can adjust each side differently and nobody can tell. Those are two unique features to our swimsuits. And, you know, I think... I haven't really given you the history but I th- of my, my history, but I think that after having breast cancer, much that you worry about in terms of your health and, you know, you, I had a double mastectomy, there's a lot behind it, um, you know, that when you finally kind of reemerge, you just want to feel beautiful and, and good about yourself. And 
you know, not that our breasts are necessarily the, the gateway to that, but I do think that it's part of our femininity or, you know, for some women it is, for some women it isn't. But for me, I felt like I wanted to be able to be in a bathing suit, wear something that I would have worn before breast cancer and feel really good about myself. Um, and yes. yeah. The suits are beautiful. I also noticed too, um, that they all clasp in the front. Um, is that because it's obviously was a difficult thing to be able to adjust in the back post-surgery or is it just because it holds the um, prosthetics in better or obviously that's by design, right? Yes, it is. So, and what you said is true for, for a lot of women after breast surgery, reaching behind your back is really, really uncomfortable and difficult. Um, all of the, you know, post mastectomy, even just, even the um, the prescribed bras that are worn after surgery are all a front class because it's really uncomfortable to have to reach behind. Right. Um, and this was intentional, the front class, because, uh, you know, just for ease of movement and depending on, you know, any lymph node removal, sometimes our arms are, you know, they're, they're kind of um, some are stiff and some can't even reach behind. They don't have that motility anymore. So. That's amazing. That's so incredible yeah. that you are doing this. I mean, what better person to do this than you? Because you know, you understand, you've been through it. Well, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because so it kind of, I, my background is in medicine. I went to medical school. I worked in the pharmaceutical industry until I had kids and then decided to stay home to raise them. And, um, but, you know, I think that when you've experienced something so life-changing and you kind of emerge from it thinking, like, I want to just be myself again. And how can I, what can I do to make that possible for myself? There, there are a lot of breast cancer swimwear lines. And so they do offer post-mastectomy swimwear. And I'm sure you've seen some of those that, you know, they have some that are really have beautiful designs for me personally. I felt like I'm, I was 42 at the age of diagnosis. And so, you know, I'm like, I'm 42 years old. I just had all my surgeries. I I'm going on vacation with my family finally after months and months of treatment. And I just, I don't, I'm, I don't want to be in this, this box now where I'm like a breast cancer survivor. And this is what's available to me. Mm -hmm. And I, I found that a lot of what was in the marketplace at the time, or it's still, you know, there really haven't been that many emerging breast cancer um, swimmer companies. But what I found in the marketplace was that it just did not speak to me personally. I felt like I'm young. I want to like show off my breasts. I don't want to be hiding. And, um, and that was actually something that I think I connected with, with a lot of women well, actually, not even, I, I want to say younger women, but not necessarily. I mean, there are women in their 70s who, you know, you go to the beach and they're, they're, they want to be able to feel like themselves and not have to hide. And that was really what this was all about for me was I don't want to hide my body. I just want to adjust it a little bit to make it feel, you know, beautiful and sexy. Right. The suits are beautiful. I mean, they're so classic and they look like they're so well made. I'm I'm looking at them now and the colors are gorgeous. I think they're hats off to you because it's amazing. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's been a journey. It's been very, very gratifying, I have to say. I mean, I 
weekly I'm getting letters from women telling me how they finally are able to feel like themselves at, you know, at the pool, on the beach, on vacation. I've had husbands reach out to me saying my wife, you know, has been very unhappy with her body since breast cancer. And this was a gift to her for our honeymoon. And, you know, she's, you know, they bought multiple because I think it's just, you know, it sort of speaks to all of us just wanting to feel our best, especially in the world we live in today. You know what? You want to feel good and beautiful and, you know, for yourself, not for anyone else. But that was the motivation for me behind. Now, how did you come up with the name? So Rose is pink in French and it's a nod to breast cancer and Soleil, the sun. And I, I guess I've always sort of, you know, it on our, on our boxes that we send our swimsuits in, there is an image of a sunset, a, very, a pink sunset. And that to me, I, I just love the ocean. And I love that feeling of being present when the sky is changing color, when the sky is That's pink. Beautiful. Yeah. And so I kind of just wanted to evoke that feeling. And so they wrote, my, my sister-in-law is French and we went through a lot of different um, variations <laughs> of how to evoke that. And um, yeah, so Soleil Rose is what we came came with. But um, yeah, it, uh, I think it speaks to the brand as well, you know, sort of that grace and beauty and that we all have within and just wanting to exude that. Tanya, since this is a breast cancer awareness month, do you mind talking a little bit about your journey and how you found out you had breast cancer? And Absolutely. You know, as I mentioned, I went to medical school and I don't know if it was something that just, I, it must have been a patient that we saw as students, but I, for as long as I can remember, like from my you know early 20s, have been doing self-exams regularly. I think I just always felt like this is something that you can discover on your own. Like there's so much unknown in medicine. And, you know, I always thought like, how do you know if something's wrong? I mean, I wake up with a, you know, a, an ache here and there once in a while. Like, how do you know if it's anything really, you know, something to be concerned with? So breast cancer always felt like something a little more accessible. Like, okay, if I, if I know my breasts well and I feel them, then you know, maybe I can play some role in diagnosing if anything, it's, it was almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I hate to say that, but you know, I said to my husband at the time, like, I feel like everything that all my fears just came to life because I've been saying for years, like, Oh yeah, I always check my breasts, but I do. I, I, for many, many years have always done self exams in the shower. I was just on a random Friday, it just so happened that my husband had the day off and I was like, oh, I'll just take a nice long shower. The kids are home from school and and I was doing a self-exam and I felt a bump in an area that I had never really felt before. And I immediately called my doctor and said, I, uh, you know, I left a message saying I just felt something on my breast and I'd really like to come in to see my doctor. And um, they said, okay, just come on in. And I went in and she felt it and said, you know, cause I did have a, and I had my annual mammogram coming up and she said, you know, well, of course keep your appointment and, uh, you know, we'll talk after next week when my appointment was scheduled. As it turns out, the mammogram did not show anything in the area that I was feeling that lump. And oh. so I, 
said to my doctor, you know, there's something there. And she said, you know, I feel it. And you know, your breasts, like I'm going to send you for an ultrasound. And so, you know, I went for an ultrasound about two weeks later. And from there, it just sort of started to snowball. You know, they did a biopsy, came back as positive, then went for my, my first surgery, which was a double mastectomy. And uh, at the time, they thought I didn't have anything in my lymph nodes, which was, you know, a big relief. But then after surgery, they ran the pathology and found that I had um, a, like a, they call it a micromet. So just a very small um, metastases in my lymph nodes. So then they removed all the lymph, no- lymph nodes on my on the side that where the uh, breast cancer was. And then I elected to have my nipples removed um, a few weeks later, just because there was a question about, you know, where, how far to the surface the breast cancer was. And I thought, you know what, just take them off. I don't even care. <laughs> and then I had a hysterectomy about a month and a half after that and radiation. History of breast cancer in your family? No, I have no history of breast cancer. And that's actually something that I talk a lot about with um, various um, organizations that I'm a member because um, I think when you're young and you don't have a family history, you know, young, I mean, young, 42 is considered young for breast cancer. With, With being young and not having a family history, I think that the doctors were kind of perplexed and like, I don't think you have breast cancer. You know, initially they were like, this is really, it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, the truth is, it it happens to many women like me who are, you know, relatively young, no history, and and it doesn't even show up on the mammogram, which was really, um, I think, the biggest takeaway from for me was, and I tell this to women constantly, check your breasts and know your breasts, because you know, there's no guarantee that the mammogram is going to pick it up. And only you will know if there's a slight change. It's, you know, it's not about checking your doing a self exam once every six months, because then you just don't even know if something has changed or grown or evolved. You know, we all have lumps and bumps. I always had kind of bumpy breasts after after nursing, I knew where those bumps were. And so when I felt something new, I was like, okay, this has not been here before. And, you know, immediately went to get it checked out. Was this right after nursing that you found the bumps? No, my youngest was seven at the time. So yeah, it was several years later. And I know a lot of times, you know, it'll feel like a milk duct for women who are nursing. So yeah, I know it's, and it's a, but I, you know, I think being your own self, there's no one a better advocate for your health than yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And even after the the first mammogram, when the mammogram came back without any signs of anything, you know, my, thank God my doctor listened to me because not all doctors, you know, take that in, take the patient's personal belief, you know, of their situation into consideration. And she was like, no, you, I I trust that, you know, what you're talking, like, if you feel it and you're telling me this is new, I'm going to send you for an ultrasound. You know, that's interesting because I've always had very dense breast tissue um, since I'm since I went through puberty. And mm-hmm. I've not personally felt all that confident with mammograms. And I, I know that they're, you know, they're a great tool and they save a lot of lives. But for me, even my doctor said to me, since I have such dense breast tissue, I go 
yearly for a scan and just skip right over a mammogram and go right to the ultrasound, which isn't for everybody, um, but it's it's been better for me. And I had breast issue in my 20s. So um, it's something that I've had to do anyway, um, because I, I had issues. But it is interesting because it is very important to know your own body, because if it's new to you, and you can feel it, you know, I applaud you for being your own advocate, because no one knows our bodies better than ourselves. Absolutely. For me, I I'm not very good at doing self exams. It's squirmish with myself, which is weird. I do my mammograms, but I do need to be better about that because, like you said, there are a lot of women that find their own lumps and it won't show up in mammograms. It's just, I've heard this story from a good friend of mine. Same oh, really? She found her own breast cancer. Her own went in for a mammogram. Her doctor said it's nothing. It's nothing. We don't see anything on the mammogram. And she insisted and insisted and insisted and finally found out that, yes, indeed, she was right. She had breast cancer. Wow. Yeah, I, I've heard that from quite a few women. And I, I say, my I have a 17-year-old daughter and a 15-year-old daughter. And I was saying to them recently, like, you know, you guys should start learning your breasts. <laughs> and they're like, what? You want me to, like, you want us to, like, start, to, you know. I'm like, yes, actually, because it can feel uncomfortable, I think, for like a young woman to, you know, in the shower feeling, but it's the best way. I mean, really, there's no better, there's nothing else really, like no other detectable way that you can do it on your own. So, right. I mean, well, and then also knowing your body, because, you know, my doctor in the past has felt a lump here or there and said to me, is that new to you? Is, do you and I'm like, oh, I've always had that there. Like, so I know myself, it's not something new, which even with, you know, skin cancer too, and, and many other um, cancers, if it's new to your body and you know that, that's when it's, you know, a, sometimes a cause for concern. So, um, and, you know, your doctor doesn't necessarily know that. You know that. I think it's super wise advice. I mean, I do think, though, that I'm going to be 54. So my gener my generation, we're a little older than you are. We were the ones that were, every time we went to uh, the doctor or if you were anywhere public, went to a pharmacy, there are always the little diagrams on the wall of doing breast self-exam. So um, I think that, you know, it's something that's so important. And I think a lot of young girls, I mean, I've been talking to my daughter about it forever because um, my husband's family has, a, they have a, a prevalence of breast cancer. Um, and so, you know, it's important that she, um, you know, go there and um, be aware of her body and any changes. So um, I think that's really important information. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Absolutely. You know, I did notice there, about 10 years ago, there was um, some with the um, gynecological society, there was some, uh, a push to not advocate for self-exam. And really? yes. And I remember thinking, why would they ever not recommend this? I think that has sort of fallen by the wayside. But 
there was a small, a short period of time where I remember talking about it with my gynecologist, like, why are they not telling us to do self-exams anymore? Oh, because now, you know, more women are doing mammograms and it's become more routine that it's not. But anyway, I think that that has sort of fallen by the wayside. And the only way, it, you know, that, that you can ensure that you're doing the most for yourself, I think. Had you not been familiar with it, you would have just said, okay, well, I guess I'm good. I'm okay. And, and just taken, you know, the mammogram's word for it. So thank you. Yeah. And also, you know, a lot of nursing women who, because they have some have milk ducts that are clogged or, you know, new bumps, they kind of assume that that's what it is when, you know, God forbid, it could be, right. it could be more than that. So, yeah, but I, I think that my, my, the biggest takeaway for me from all of, you know, my experience with this was really that, you know, knowing your body is, and your breasts in particular, it, there's nothing, I mean, nothing more important um, and advocating for yourself. Yeah. You had, um, uh, you had uh, chemotherapy, radiation. So I actually, I didn't do chemotherapy. Um, We initially, my doctor said to me, you know, you'll absolutely have chemotherapy, but then they did more. So now they do a lot of biological testing on the actual tumors and they can see, they give it like a score. And if you have a score, let's say 12 and below, the breast cancer or that particular, the, the genetic makeup of your cancer is, will respond to chemo or will not respond to chemo um, in a way that's worth it, let's say to, you know, when they weigh all quality of life and benefit and all that. And so mine initially came back as, okay, well, you know, even though we're, we're saying you're young and you should do chemo, that's the gold standard, but your biological score is low. So then my, my oncologist said, okay, you're not doing chemo, but you know, there's something very uncomfortable about not doing chemo when you know that the cancer has spread a little bit. And so I was like, I don't feel comfortable not doing chemotherapy. Like what if I'm not doing everything I can? I have it. Our kids were 12, 10 and seven at the time. And so I went for a second opinion and that doctor said, no, it's gold standard at your age to do chemo. If you were my sister, I would say you're doing chemo. So then I was sort of at this crossroads of like, oh gosh, now I'm really like, okay, I'm doing chemo (laughs) because that's the most you can do for this. So I'm doing it. Then I actually met with a third. I thought, okay, you know, I need a tiebreaker here because I'm having, you know, two very respected oncologists give me completely opposite advice doesn't help the situation. It's so confusing. It's so confusing. It really is. And it was so, honestly, it was like, it. I mean, I didn't sleep for weeks, you know, trying to figure out what am I doing? Do I do this? Do I not do this? Am I not giving it, you know, every ounce of potential for a cure or, you know, not, not coming back or anyway. And the third doctor who we saw was he was the head at the, you know, the university in Portland and, or the Oregon health service. And he said, you know what, if you were my wife, who, by the way, I love very much, (laughs) I would recommend, yeah, we were laughing. We're like, how do you feel about your wife? (laughs) He said, uh, I wouldn't recommend doing it. So I did not end up doing the chemotherapy. But I did, you know, from other angles, I, from other perspective, I did, I, as I mentioned, I had some extra 
things removed that weren't necessarily that were kind of, you know, on the border. But I thought, you know, my nipples, for example, like I, I'm okay, just take them away. I don't even care. You know, I think it's interesting because there's so much um, attached to our breasts in terms of femininity. And I think we all kind of feel that way or not all, but many of us feel that way. And, and I, and what I found that was really kind of lovely was that the male physicians that I was dealing with were so respectful of that, you know, like, well, we don't want to do anything, you know, they were, they were kind of like treading so lightly when they were recommending certain things because they didn't want to feel like they didn't take into consideration how important those things were to a woman, which was really interesting. You know, I mean, there are other people who have had different experiences, but mine was really positive where I felt like, you know, I was saying to my breast surgeon, like, no, 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 I, you have to understand, I don't care. Like I have young kids. I want to be 95 years old looking back on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care what's going on on my chest, you know? That's just um, similar to Jillian's story, Barb, right? How she absolutely. found out, she said, take them out. I don't care. Take them out right now. Yeah. It's your whole, within a minute, everything that you've ever you know, maybe valued sort of rearranges in your brain. And you're like, okay, wait, no, I don't even care. That doesn't matter. This is what matters. Yeah. Well, that was also the same situation, you know, with my mastectomy, my doctor was like, you know, you don't have to take, you don't have to remove both. He gave me the option. He wasn't like, I insist that you take both. You know, that was my decision. I just thought I really, I know myself and I will worry about this. I'll worry about it spreading to the other side it'll just be there in my head, like a little shadow sitting there all the time. And so, you know, I, I said, is it within reason to have them both removed? Because that's what I would feel the most comfortable with. And he, again, was like, yes, you know, I, I don't want you to think that we're not valuing, you know, what's important to you or your breasts or, you know, but yes, that would, that would absolutely be within reason. You just remove one, then rebuilding, you're going to have you're, it's not going to be as um, symmetrical when you're rebuilding. I'll tell you, these plastic surgeons are honestly, they're artists. I mean, they can really, but yes, I mean, naturally, if one is sitting higher than the other, it's probably harder to get them to be more symmetric, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think in my case, what really, and I this is the case for many women after breast cancer who've had radiation, that is what really changes the breast um, the most, more than even the surgery, because the skin changes and it continues to change and it sort of tightens in a way that is not predictable always. And yeah, yeah and so it was more like after I had all my treatment and I was looking at my breasts and I was like, oh yeah, this, they're, they're really, they're, and there's really nothing that my doctor can do for it because it's just the way the skin has changed. Right. Um, and that was actually something, you know, when I, going back to creating the company, I remember sitting with my sister and I was like, you know, it's so, it's so strange. Like you don't, you hear about breast, you know, breast cancer. And th- this was my thought before having it all, you know, experiencing it myself. But, you know, you think it's going to all be this like linear path of, you're diagnosed, you have the mastectomy, you go through the treatment, you have the reconstruction and like, okay, everything is sort of back to normal. And then you realize it's like, it's so, you know, it's so zigzagged. And at the end of it, 
you know, I thought, well, if I have this, and my case is not so unique. I mean, I share this experience with hundreds of thousands of women. There must be others who are feeling exactly like me, like, you know, what's going on here? How did this happen? My breasts now, even though they're supposed to be, you know, oh, you had your, you know, oh, you got the, you got a, a breast job or a boob job. You know, I'm like, no, no, it's, it's really not. <laughs> There's a lot going on under my clothing that, you know, you don't know about. And you had a hysterectomy as well, right? So you had to deal with instant menopause. Yes, that was really, I would say that was probably the worst of it because that literally waking up one morning and not having any estrogen and immediately having menopause and all the symptoms kind of crashing down. That was really, I mean, that was a decision that I made. It was, I was taking medication at the time um, that does, did increase the chances of uterine cancer. And again, went to my oncologist and said, is this within reason <laughs> to have a hysterectomy? Because I don't want to now get uterine cancer while trying to prevent myself from getting breast cancer. Right. Again. And so she said it, it actually is. And so, um, yeah, I had a hysterectomy within a few months of finishing radiation. As soon as they were, that they gave me the green light to go ahead and have it, I had that. But yes, it was really, that was tough because no one prepares you for what menopause will be like. And my mom, who went through menopause relatively late, but I don't think, you know, we would talk about it and she's like, oh, you know, it was no big deal because she went through it so gradually. But I'm like, no, no, <laughs> this is a big deal. Like all of a sudden I'm like so hot and I'm so, my, I felt like my blood pressure was like, it would rise within, you know, 10 seconds. It went just sky high and, Anyway, I don't know if either of you have gone through. Yeah, yeah. and and the thing that I'm sympathizing with you is, I mean, not I've I've been going through it myself, and I uh, chose to go on hormones, and you you cannot do that, right? Yeah, that's that was yes, and that was really the bummer of it all. Was like I'm, you know, we had a lot of conversations about like, do I really want to do this? Because I mean, ultimately, for me, you know, the the cancer was more scary than anything else. So, you know, if there was anything that I could do to hopefully prevent down the road, but yes, that was, that was a big conversation. Like there's nothing that we can do for you if you're having all these symptoms. So yeah, it's, uh, and I, you know, I, I, I hopefully it'll completely, <laughs> I don't know. It's been five years now this summer, actually we're coming up to exactly five years for when I had my hysterectomy. So I don't know. Hopefully with, with time, it'll get a little better. You know, I had many conversations with myself of like, you know, this was the right decision. <laughs> you know, there are no easy decisions in life, I think, when it comes to these major health decisions. Yeah. Wow. And and when did you like, when in the process did you decide that, you know what, you're going to do this company, you're going to start a bathing suit line? And so it was really the summer after I had my reconstruction. So almost a year after I had finished all my treatment or, you know, the radiation and everything. And then I had to wait several months before my reconstruction. So it was that summer and we were going on vacation as a family. And I was so excited to finally be getting out there and kind of going back to doing things as a family that we had always done and kind of put on hold for a year. And as I mentioned, I was just talking to my sister and I said to her, you know, I've, I've ordered so many bathing suits because even though the size of my breasts hadn't necessarily changed, they were just 
they looked different. They sat differently. So the bathing suits that I had worn, you know, the previous year just didn't fit my breasts anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I couldn't even close them because of, you know, when you have implants, they don't, they don't smush down. <laughs> you know, it's like they're there. If you thought you were going to squeeze into a top, it's not happening. And so, you know, I was saying to her, I've ordered so many bathing suits and like nothing is doing what I need it to do for me. And I, I, I don't think I'm that, you know, it's not like my body is so crazy that I, that I'm unique in this, but I'm sure, you know, I kind of started it honestly for myself in a way it started off as like, I need this. I'm going to try to find a way to do this. And so I was in Los Angeles. It's where I grew up and I had, I was visiting that summer. And so I, she said to me, you know, why don't you just make one and see how it goes? Like, what do you have to lose? Find, find someone to make you a bathing suit and maybe you can, you know, do what you need to do with this bathing suit. And that is sort of what I start, how it started was I looked up swimwear manufacturers in Los Angeles and found someone and started working with them and told them exactly, I had an idea of exactly what I wanted because I knew what the other bathing suits hadn't been able to provide me with. So I was like, you know, I need something that will have a pocket on the side because I need to lift this side. But my other side, I don't want to lift it. I want to create more cleavage for myself on the right side. So it was sort of a, you know, I knew what mixture of support I needed. And um, from there, I teamed up with with a different designer, actually, who I met through you know, just from talking to people in the industry, once I had started kind of exploring different avenues for production and met with a veteran swimmer designer. And, um, you know, I said to her, I want to make this possible for not just myself, but I want to do this for, I want this to be something that many women can use in their own way. So I can't have it be too specific for my needs. I need to sort of find a way to make it customizable for each individual. Is that when you decided to do the uh, breast enhancement kit? Because you also sell the silicone gel inserts. Yes. So they come with each purchase. And that was another point. You know, we thought, how do you know what you need, right? Like, you know that your breasts are uneven. You know that you want to lift one side, make the other side lower, whatever it is to sort of achieve your own symmetry. What do I do? How do I, where do I start? And that was a question that I had. So, you know, once I was able to find these different inserts, these, you know, one is sort of a cup that kind of fits over the breast. So it, it gives a little more front to back increase. Another one is it kind of enhances your cleavage. So more and, and a, more of a side to side uh, increase. And then the third, which is the crescent shape, really lifts the breast. Um, and so... You know, once I found these three that I felt sort of satisfied all the different aspects of what a woman might want to do for symmetry, we decided to just include them all with with every purchase because that's awesome. Yeah, so because I, you know, then we thought, well, women are going to say, well, I need this, and I send them this. You know, they buy this particular insert, and then they're like, wait, no, I I need that on this side, but not on that side, and you know, it's already women who are dealing with this are already dealing with something and they want to just make it simple or we wanted to make it simple for them. We figured they don't want to have to call us a hundred times to say, no, I need this, I need that. 
let's just give them all options and and you know and we tell our customers please you can donate to your local breast community breast cancer community center or cancer center if your insert doesn't work for you particularly if you're using you know others and not and not one but yeah they sort of mimic a prosthetic in a way you can sort of build it up to whatever size you need and as i mentioned i've even had men who are transitioning reach out and say i've you know, I've, I've never worn a woman's bathing suit before and I don't have breasts, but I would like to create the illusion of breasts and have used our kit in their, in their bathing suit. So, you know, that's so awesome. sort of, amazing. Yeah, with a, a, an added, you know, sort of never even thought that initially, but, you know, it was sort of heartwarming to hear that all, you know, everyone can benefit from it in some some degree. So yeah, yeah. very good. I love that. So yeah, how are the price ranges for your bathing suits? So all the swimsuits are priced at 198. They require a, a very high degree of um, customization and are, um, they're built, made in America. And so they're actually made in, in Los Angeles. Our production crew is all women owned. We've really been working with amazing people who've done many, actually they specialize in lingerie and I wanted our swimwear to have sort of a lingerie feel as well as, um, you know, the technical features of lingerie, not just swimwear that, you know, can be quite simple. So we found a wonderful manufacturing company and um, it's been just a wonderful experience working with these women and Actually, when I went in for our first fitting, the woman who was doing the fitting was a breast cancer survivor, and she was in tears. She was like, oh, my gosh, I wish Aww. that. No. Yeah, it was really, it just all felt like it came full circle because, well, first, it, it you know, it, it really just sort of enha- enhanced and, and confirmed the reason why I wanted to do it in the first place, um, you know, just to find solutions for women who need solutions. And Anyway, it was just a really touching moment because it clarified the importance of it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. This is incredible. We're so glad that you came on to talk about all this with us um, during. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been really wonderful speaking with you. Would you let everybody know how they can find your product? Yes. So we sell exclusively um, online. And um, we are soleilrose.com. So that's S-O-L-E-I-L-R-O-S-E.com. Uh, we're on Instagram as well. We are Soleilrose Swim. And um, yeah, and anyone can reach out. We have a number. Of, we, we accept many, many phone calls and questions from potential customers with, you know, wanting to know exactly how to use a swimsuit. So um reach out if you have any questions at all yeah that's amazing because we all know you know bathing suits are a tricky a tricky thing for most women anyway <laughs> you know right absolutely yeah i mean whether you're more you're most exposed in public in your bathing suit so why not feel your best yeah absolutely well thank you so much for thank you talia oh thank you and if you want any more information, you can reach Talia on her um, Instagram handle or her website. 
Um, also, with um, any subjects or products that you want us to review, you can hit us up on our socials. Honest AF Show is our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And honestafshow.com is our website. Until next time, y'all take care. Bye. Bye, everybody. We obviously need to do a disclaimer here. So we want you to know we are not doctors or experts by any stretch of the imagination. We are just a couple of gals that are looking for magical products, procedures, and experiences. And in our quest, we will share our honest as fuck opinions with you. So please make sure before you try anything we talk about that you know your own restrictions and do so at your own risk. Not blame us for any of your issues. We're just experimenting too.